You're listening to The Fruition Podcast, the home of eBay, Amazon, and e-commerce design and optimization. For more information, visit fruition.com. Hello and welcome to the inaugural episode of The Fruition Podcast. My name is John Hayes, and over the coming weeks, months, and who knows, years, I'll be sharing my conversations with the people I look up to in the world of e-commerce as we discuss the latest e-commerce trends and share best practices for optimizing your e-commerce experience on online marketplaces like eBay and Amazon and hosted e-commerce platforms like BigCommerce and Shopify. I'm joined today by my old friend Dave Furness. Dave's the founder of the e-commerce news site eSeller365. Dave's been on the scene for many years now and has incredible insights across much of the e-commerce landscape, both here in the UK and the US. So, Dave, welcome to the show. John, thank you so much. Absolute pleasure to be here. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much for, for inviting me on. I'm looking forward to it. Good. Well, I've known you for many years now, Dave, but for those um, who don't know you, you know, who are you? What do you do? It's <laughs> a great question. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I'm Dave Furness. I've been in e-commerce now for, I think it's coming up to 12 years. And I started out, uh, with a, a small, uh, well, let's say small, small to medium sized, uh, independent electronics retailer in, uh, in Manchester in the UK. And we, when I started there, they were largely using eBay as an auction platform to get rid of dead stock. And, uh, within three years, we were doing over a million pounds a year just on eBay alone. We'd expanded to Amazon at the time, play.com, which was later bought by Rakuten and, uh, our own website. And then from there, I moved into the fashion industry. I, I was working for an independent fashion retailer again up in, in Manchester. And yeah, I was there for about six months and, uh, I again took them from doing 3,000 a month to over 30,000 a month, um, in, in, in revenue. Uh, again, this was using eBay and Amazon and multi-channel software. Uh, and it was after that six months, I was like, okay, so the first time wasn't a fluke. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe I know what I'm doing here. And from there, I became, uh, what I think at the time was the youngest e-commerce consultant in the UK. And yeah, it was set about helping lots of many, you know, many, many different businesses. I, I worked with Flubit for a time as, as one of, you know, helping them. That was, uh, at one point the fastest growing marketplace in the UK. And, uh, yeah. And off the back of that, that led me to going, hmm, okay. Well, we don't really have a, in my opinion, we didn't have a good, e-commerce news website in the US. The UK had Tame Bay, obviously, and they were very good at what they do. And uh we we went we saw this sort of gap in the market for America and that's what led to eSeller 365. And that's uh what takes up most of my time now is writing and keeping up to date with eBay, Amazon, Shopify, Big Commerce, DHL, FedEx, UB, all the things that go on in e-commerce. I try and have my finger in the pie, finger on the pulse and uh and yeah, share share what's going on in the world with with small to medium sized e commerce business owners, and, and that's pretty much me, I think. So um, let's go back to the beginning of the story. So you were working yeah. for um, an electrical um, online seller in, yeah. in the UK, and then latterly a, a fashion uh, mm-hmm. retailer, and you really scaled um, the business. What, what was the biggest challenge um, in, in scaling those businesses? <laughs> for me, and this is the same. This was the same challenge. For the first two companies that I worked with for a while, and 
the same that I saw with countless consultancy clients. And it's that old adage of, but we've always done it that way. And it's, it's that old message of what will get you to your, to a hundred sales online won't necessarily get you to a thousand. And yeah, it's just a scale issue. It's how do you take, you know, the, the logistics challenges, the, the processes internally, they are the things which need to scale. And the truth is that a lot of business owners, you know, you're, you're spinning plates. You, you, you are ordering the stock. You're looking at the prices. You're doing the, the, the wages or the profit and loss. And all of a sudden, you're also supposed to optimize your listings and look at the data, look at your analytics. And the truth is, is you, you really need to keep your eye on, on the processes and where the sort of, I was called it the glass ceiling that, you know, that roof that you can't see. What is holding you back? And nine times out of 10, it's internal processes. It's inefficiency. And they, that was the biggest thing. It was always scale it up. How can we make more room to do more? And yeah, that was the, the one consistent thing that came up time and time again. Okay. And I think when those businesses are growing, you know, like you say, those first hundred sales, you know, appear really easy. You know, a lot of businesses yeah. are doing it from the, from their homes to start off with, but operating from the garages and then they maybe move into a, a small business unit and they suddenly realize they've got extra costs. You know, they've got to employ people and they realize those wafer thin margins they had don't quite mm-hmm. you know, cover all of the costs. So it's, it's difficult. And you know, when we talk about things being easy, I think, um, a lot of people found um, selling during the, the pandemic easy as well because yeah. you know people were at home, people weren't going to the shops, the shops were, were largely closed. So, mm-hmm. you know, everything, you know, people were buying everything uh, online. And when the pandemic began to tail off or, you know, when we started going back out into the world again, a lot of people's sales, you know, fell off a cliff. Yeah. Um, and that comes down to the, the optimization, you know, question. Yeah. I 100% agree. Uh, the way that I always used to explain this is your website is kind of like a protected environment. You're the only person on there. So you can list a product and in theory, you can largely forget about it. You can wait for the sales to come in. A marketplace like eBay is a live environment. It's constantly changing. And the minute that you put a product online, you're basically letting your competitors know this is my, these are my images. This is my description. This is my price. These are my return policies. Beat them. And chances are they will. They will try. And if you just forget about it, you're not reacting to the change. And all of a sudden, if I'm, if I as a buyer am coming to the website and I see your product versus your competitor's product, maybe you're selling the same product, but he's got, you know, an extra week on his return policy or his is an, a pound cheaper. And everything else is identical. And the only difference is that price. I'm going with your competitor. It's just the, the nature of the beast. There's no loyalty in marketplaces. Um, so, yeah, if you're not optimizing your listings, if you don't know what's changing, and like you said, eBay do a very good job of telling you what changes are coming and how, what you need to do in order to make the most of this. The title could be longer. There could be better usage of keywords. They only use eight images instead of 12. There's four more images there that you could be using. And there's, again, we never, ever, ever found a perfect holy grail of eBay listings. And I still don't know if it ever exists because there's always optimization that can happen. 
So that's exactly where fruition uh, are heading. We used to call ourselves a design company. We call ourselves an optimization company now. Um, and design is just part of that optimization process. We speak to sellers all of the time and, you know, their listings are terrible. You know, they, mm-hmm. they don't have the images. They, they don't have the item specifics in the right place. Um, they, they're not including video. It's no wonder the sales have fallen off a cliff. So it's an education piece, and we're trying to work with sellers to um, improve your how they list um, on the marketplace. Um, because the people that are doing it right, or the people that are making a better effort, are seeing you know, huge success. Their sales are, are are growing. So outside of the uh, online marketplaces, you know, where are you seeing where are you seeing growth? You know, what, what, what's really interesting to you at the moment? Uh, there's a, it's interesting. The, um, there's this big shift going on right now. Well, it, there's lots of big shifts going on right now. We obviously had the huge boom of 2021 where e-commerce went crazy and even crazier than we thought it could. We thought it had already gone crazy and then we lock everybody inside and shut the shops and obviously it forces everybody online. Um, now we're seeing the return to normal and all the big companies are missing their expectations or Wall Street expectations. Why they thought that was sustainable is beyond me. Um, but yeah, it's, it feels like there's this bit of a weird shift right now. I, I saw something just yesterday that Amazon had backed out of, I think, 13 new warehouse deals that they had were planning on due to the scaling back of demand right now. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of the, the the market is very volatile right now. Obviously, we have the recession. Not the what we're not calling it a recession yet, but inflation is going a bit crazy, and it's all looking like it's going in one direction. So the big things that are going on in e-commerce, in my opinion, and this is where there's a huge opportunity for eBay, and I think eBay right now are doing a fantastic job of sort of positioning themselves in that. And this is, I think, they're calling it the re-commerce. The, you know, the, the, basically what they always did so well was use products, the pre-loved products. And I think for a lot of sellers on, on e-commerce sellers right now, that is the opportunity. Things are getting more expensive. People are looking to cut costs. And if you can, again, like I said, when I worked in the electronic stuff, it was refurbished products. So I know this market very well and I know the opportunities that lie when Again, the, the economic the economic situation takes a bit of a downturn. So again, if you no matter what business you're in, if you have returns, if you have used product, if you if you can somehow offer them as like a monetization monetization strategy in terms of you know selling used products, I think that's a huge opportunity right now. As like I said, as people are looking to tighten the purse strings a little bit. Um, and eBay is a natural home for that. Always has been. I think it always will be. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, actually. I think um, I was at the eBay Live event in Manchester um, mm. end of last year, and they were talking a lot about the, the circular economy yes. in terms of fashion. And if we look at um, yeah, the younger generations, um, today people are happy to buy yeah, pre-loved vintage items. Mm. You know, We might have used to call it second-hand, but now they're yeah. pre-loved and, pre-loved. and they're vintage. Yeah. That's great because you know these items aren't going to to landfill anymore. And um, you know, if you look at some of the other issues that have come from COVID, you've got a supply chain issue. Um, 
you know, there are huge shortages of all manner of goods. Um, you know, as you know, I'm a cyclist. You can't mm-hmm. buy a new bike for love nor money really? um, in the UK mm-hmm. at the moment. They're all stuck in, in transit. And you know, what is available, the prices have gone sky high. So there was a huge market yeah. for you know, secondhand um, bikes, secondhand you know, computers, televisions. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's all out there. And as you say, eBay is, is the right environment for that. I think they're sticking to the sort of fixed price, the buy it now model. I think the, the, the auctions, you know, have largely gone apart from the sort of collectible items. Would you agree yeah. with that? Yeah, and I, I do think, in my in my just in my opinion, I think that was a big mistake for eBay. It's what we call sort of in the industry is the Amazonification of eBay. Mm. Amazon, you know, back when we st- when I started, at least eBay was the biggest marketplace in the world, online marketplace, and Amazon was this young upstart who was selling books. And now you look at it and you're like, wow, okay, uh, yeah, Amazon came out of nowhere. And eBay seemed to chase them. They went after the brands. They went after the the new items, which was never what they were good at. It was never what their their value proposition was to buyers. And I think that was a bit of a misstep. They should have just doubled down on what they were really, really good at. The auctions. People love auctions. It's gamification of online selling. Ooh, am I going to win it? Bid, bid, bid. You know, it's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um Amazon is convenience. If you want something tomorrow or today and you want to pay a little bit more for it, then Amazon's a place to go, especially if you're a prime customer. Makes sense. eBay is the place where you get deals. It's the place where you find those one-off items that you're looking for, those things that are a little bit special, those little bit, you know, different. That's why I really am sort of energized by, you know, I just saw last week, I think eBay announced that they're going to be the official fashion partner for love island in the uk and that's a big deal like you said the younger generations gen z they're all about the pre-love clothing the vintage clothing and now uh, on primetime tv there's going to be this big thing where ebay is the pre-love fashion partner for love island and all the contestants i don't know what you call the people who are on the show the people the 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 next generation of 15 minute celebrities i don't know um they're going to be wearing pre-love fashion from ebay and I think that's a fantastic thing to really get that out in, in the mainstream and great move by eBay. And I, yeah, I, I agree. They're still going after the, 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 the buy now button, but I, I, I still deep down, I, I like the, the auction side of eBay. Yeah. I think eBay is a great place to, um, yeah, if, if you're passionate about something, you know, if you play golf or mm. you have a bank list or you, you know, like handbags or you've got yeah. a particular passion in your life and you want to search out for those great things, those unique things, those, mm-hmm. um, those different things that you might not get on the high streets, mm-hmm. you know, eBay is a great place, you know, before that. And I think it always, always will be. And I think there's so much opportunity, um, there for small and medium sized businesses to fill those niches. Mm-hmm. That, um, you know, the big guys don't want to, um, to, to get involved with. And saying that, yeah. there's, I think there's room for, for everybody on the marketplace. Interesting what you were saying about Amazon pulling out of, um, warehouse deals because I was kind of of the thought that Amazon were turning more into a fulfillment business mm-hmm. than, than a retail business. I mean, obviously they've got their fingers in many, many other pies, but, um, you know, they, they do everything basically. But, um, 
that seems to be the, the, the main um, focus of their business at the moment, fulfillment. I said Amazon didn't really post a great Q1 2022. Um, they missed expectations slightly. And there's pressure now on Andy Jassy to be like, okay, well, how do we adapt? And Amazon's a huge company. They can't react quickly to a lot of things. But they still continue to innovate in very interesting ways. And I think that's always been what Amazon do really well. Last week, I covered a story about how Amazon had this sort of secret pilot program um, that is now no longer that secret because somebody leaked it. Um wasn't me. I just covered it after it was leaked, just throwing that out there. Um, but what they're doing is they're recruiting... Uh, small business owners in very, you know, rural towns in the US to basically become their delivery partners. So rather than them, you know, USA is a huge place and you've got people who live in the arse end of nowhere and the USPS fan might not deliver every day. Well, what Amazon said is, well, if we can get boxes for this like local community to their local store, that are already set up to receive and, and dispatch goods, then if they have the time, which they probably will because they're a small rural outfit, they can become our delivery drivers and we will pay them to do that for us. And I thought that is such a clever initiative from Amazon because the, the one thing Amazon hates is relying on anybody else for, to deliver the Amazon experience. Mm. Amazon in the US takes care of over 70% of their own deliveries. The rest largely goes between UPS and USPS. They don't like that because they can't control. They don't, you don't get the, your item is 10 stops away, little update on your app and you can track it and see where your little blue dot is. They want to control that whole relationship because they, they still believe that they are the best seller in the world. And I'm not going to argue with. And it's interesting to see how they are trying to literally get a delivery to every single remote person in the US. That bloke who lives on top of a mountain, they want to be able to deliver to him. And it's that attention to detail and that initiative that really sets Amazon apart. And yeah, I think it, they may be, you know, taking a step back from the traditional big warehouse, big cost of all that sort of stuff and, and looking at new initiatives of how they can, they can manage this. But who knows ultimately? I mean, the great thing is, is, them pushing the fulfillment side of their business um, mm-hmm. is encouraging other people to be better. Um, mm-hmm. You know, eBay, um, obviously, they have their Orange Connects here yeah. in the UK, which is their version of um, fulfillment by Amazon. And it's encouraging, um, you know, people to, you know, get their goods out, you know, for next day delivery, which is mm-hmm. what people want because they bought um, from Amazon. They expect yeah. um, that experience. And, um, you know, I... Um, pushed out a blog post on the, the fruition blog, uh, a couple of weeks ago talking about, um, sellers that were overcautious in their delivery. Perhaps they were stating, you know, three day delivery, um, mm. you know, uh, as opposed to next day delivery, but they were delivering in one or two days. And yeah. that can affect, you know, their, um, their, their, their search results in, in yeah. eBay search. You know, people want those items the next mm-hmm. day. They're not willing to wait. 
um, you know, three days, four days, um, a week anymore. They, they want it now. I mean, obviously in the big cities, you can get same day delivery now, which is, yeah. which is just absolutely incredible. I remember as a child filling out the little forms on, you know, the catalogs and, and waiting 28 days for a yeah. so You just can't imagine. No, uh, it is. Yeah. I, I said in Manchester, uh, when I, when I was living in Manchester, I ordered, it might have been a phone charger, something really simple. I ordered it at nine o'clock in the morning and it was with me by two o'clock in the afternoon from Amazon. And it's like, that is impressive delivery. And like I said, I, I, back when I started on eBay, that just wasn't a thing. You know, you listed your, your dispatch time, your delivery time. And you, yeah, back in those days, you always tried to manage the expectation. You'd say five days because you knew it would get there in three or four. And then the buyer thinks he's had a great experience because, oh, it's come early. This is fantastic. I got it earlier than I thought. But now, like you say, you list five-day delivery on, on eBay and people are going to go, five days? Where's it coming from? What's wrong with it? What's the problem? Why can't I have it tomorrow? So it really is like it's either next day or it's late in a lot of people's mind right now. And that's a, that is one of the more challenging aspects of e-commerce now, which has certainly got harder, is managing the customer expectations. Yeah. Well, I was at um, the Internet Retailing Expo um, in Birmingham um, hmm. last week, and it was um, clear to me that this year's big trend is, you know, fulfillment. I would say probably 20% of the exhibitors in the e-commerce space there were fulfillment companies. Wow. And, um, you know, they're all um, looking at real problems. And I guess this is, you know, the the genesis of what business is about is about solving problems but there are so many problems now you know, people want that next day delivery there's the problems um of you know, exporting it into europe as well so there's all sorts of technology solutions for cutting through the red tape but um yeah that seems to be this year's buzz you know a few years ago it was payment gateways a few years before that it was sort of multi-channel listing tools so it's yeah. um all of those um, you know, ongoing trends, and it's it's really interesting. It kind of shows you how the industry you know is it, it, it's changing. I mean, one of the big changes I've noticed in recent years is hosted solutions like you know, Big Commerce and, and Shopify. You're completely changing the landscape, making it much much easier for small medium sized businesses to get online. And I think particularly during the the COVID um, pandemic, when these little high street shops suddenly realised they had to go online. They you know, could open a Shopify store in a matter of hours uh, and, and start selling. Is this something that you're excited about? Uh, I think it's fantastic. Um, we looked into doing a course for Shopify, how to set up Shopify. And uh, I literally I, I spent a day, not even a day, maybe a few hours, um, going through the, the you know free trial on Shopify, setting up a store. And I literally I said to my business partner after that, I was like, we can't do a course on this. A monkey could do this, realistically. Like, it's not hard. There's no, there'd be, there's no value for me sitting here showing you where to click boxes because it's so easy. And I had a store up and running within an hour. Um, and the same with big commerce. You know, they are super, super user friendly, which is the big thing. Magento was a pain, whereas Shopify, big commerce, they do a fantastic job. And I think that's why, especially with big commerce, you see, they are scaling very well right now. In fact, I think they were one of the few businesses when I looked at their Q1 2022 results. They're doing very well. They were, they beat expectations. Um, and it makes perfect sense because again, if you want to, 
you know, if you want to set up an eBay store, that's relatively simple. If you want to set up an Amazon store, that's slightly more tricky. There's more nuance. Amazon wants more information from you. But ideally, you want to do both. And that's where something like BigCommerce comes in. It makes that a whole lot easier. And, yeah, I, I wish <clears throat> there was something like BigCommerce around when when I first started. You know, I was – back in the day, I was using eSeller Pro, which was a great piece of software, very, very feature-heavy. But there was a lot of features that I would never use. Uh, back then, I did. we didn't drop ship, but there was a big drop shipping functionality in there, which we paid for because it was just an off-the-shelf product. Um, and it took people days, if not weeks, to learn where everything was in it. And with big commerce and Shopify, I just don't see that. It's literally plug and play, pick up and go. Everything's very user-friendly. And I think that is perhaps one of the greatest barriers that has been removed for people wanting to start an online shop um, or an online business uh, in e-commerce. And yeah, I think, again, I, I think they're fantastic. And I, I think they're going to continue to see great success because I see it with big commerce all the time. Like they will want, I think, if not the first to integrate TikTok as a, a, as a channel um, for people to be able to list products or, or link products to their shop through. Like they are, they're, they're, they're very good. They're on the, they're on the ball. They see what's going on in the world and they adapt very quickly. So all the success to them, in my opinion. So going back to, you know, when you were selling consumer electronics, refurbished mm-hmm. electronics on eBay, on Amazon, what do you know today that you wish you knew when you first started? Um, I, I enjoyed this question because my first, the first answer that popped into my head was, um, how big Amazon was going to be so I could invest in Amazon stock. Uh, that would have been the f- <laughs> something really nice to know. Um, but uh, on a more serious note, I think the biggest thing that would have made the biggest difference was understanding what made a good listing a good listing. Because back in those days, there wasn't many YouTube videos or blog posts detailing what worked. The eBay best match algorithm was eBay's closely guarded secret. We didn't know what they were looking for. So there's a lot of trial and error, a lot of, you know, let's see if this type of image works. Let's see if this works. Let's see if this title works. And it was a lot of optimization, ultimately, which where you learn and you grow and you're like, okay, this this is what works. Now, that information is readily available. There's plenty of blogs, YouTube videos. I think even eBay themselves have, have whole sections on their website where they'll tell you what you need to do. Item specifics was a huge thing that so many people ignored because they couldn't be bothered to fill out the little bits of information. They didn't know that they contributed to search. We do now. And so it's all those little things, all those little, those years of trial and error, um, I wish I'd have known that, that stuff that we learned through an arduous process. If I knew that in the beginning, uh, we probably would have hit a million on eBay within a year rather than two and a half, three. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's, that's probably the big thing that the big change. And also from a marketing standpoint, exactly what we just spoke about. I wish we'd have been more consistent with a marketing effort. Um, the truth of it being at the time we were a very lean run team. There was basically two of us who were looking after the whole e-commerce setup or online channel setup. I would send out weekly emails to our list, but I didn't have a lot of time to write blog content. 
Um, and I wish, no, again, knowing what I know now, that could have really elevated the company's brand outside of just marketplace, which I think that's the big play for a lot of, a lot of sellers is to get some brand recognition and, uh, yeah, play that game. So that's, that's what I wish I would have done. Okay. So this is where things like your yeah, third party fulfillment companies come in because, you know, you don't make money stuffing envelopes. You make yeah. money buying products and, and, and selling products. So, you know, I always recommend people to look at companies like Haboo or Fulfillment by Amazon or Orange mm-hmm. Connect and look at how that can streamline your, your, your process. And then, you know, also technology as well. You know, you mentioned the multi-channel selling software earlier, you know, how that can save, save time. I think there's a lot of busy falls um in in this game and oh. i think that we in the um the technology business you know we're, we're striving to support these people and just make them you know more more agile so that they can make you know the right businesses decisions at the, at the right time that's it you, you don't get paid to put products in envelopes you you get paid when you sell the product and uh yeah i think there's a lot of there's a lot of dead time there's a lot of inefficiency in a lot of e-commerce businesses and fulfillment is 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 easier now than it's ever been. Uh, I remember working with a electronics company. Amazon had just launched their European fulfillment network. Unfortunately, that didn't make a lot of sense for us selling electronics. Not only because they're large, and you know, a thirty-seven inch, forty-two inch TV is not great to be shipped around a lot. But then you also have the the plug issue. Like they use different outlets in Europe, so. For us, that it didn't make a lot of sense. The fashion company, absolutely. We send fashion all over the world. Um, and we had a fulfillment partner who helped with that. And it really did elevate not just the company, but again, the brand awareness. We had so much more repeat buyers because, you know, we'd see the same eBay tags buying from us every couple of weeks. And it's because again, they, they came directly to us because again, we, we had some nice branded package bags that went out with our logos on and it it all yeah the, the fulfillment made that possible because uh, it meant that I could focus on you know what I did best the listings and everything else and the marketing uh, it meant the the buyer could focus on the latest fashion trends what was going to be hot next season and we didn't have to be wandering around the warehouse pulling things off of hangers and sticking them in you know in a dispatch pile or anything else it, it, fulfillment really was a game changer in that business. And I think it is for, a, for, for the right business. Like I said, there's some, you know, I remember DPD called our products uglies, um, when we were working with the electronics because they didn't like them. They don't want to hold big boxes that are this big and, you know, require two men to carry them. Um, but for the right company, fulfillment absolutely makes sense. Awesome. Dave, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you again today. Um, thank you so much for your insight. Um, and um, I hope to catch up with you again really soon. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure, John. I've really enjoyed this. And again, absolute honor to be on the, the first episode. Um, and yeah, anytime. I'd love to come back and, and chat e-commerce any day of the week. Okay. And just to remind our listeners, how can people get in touch with you? Uh, the best way is uh, eseller365.com. Uh, that's the website where I am. Uh, by all means, feel free to shoot me an email, dave at eseller365.com. Um, 
Awesome. Well, thank you very much um, for tuning in to the inaugural episode of the Fruition podcast. We'll be back uh, again in a couple of weeks. Um, the next episode, I'm speaking to my old colleague, Hank, from iContact, where we're going to be talking about the importance of email marketing, social media marketing, and content marketing. We'll catch you again soon. Take care. You're listening to the Fruition podcast the home of eBay, Amazon, and e-commerce design and optimization. For more information, visit fruition.com.